10, 5, he's into the end zone, touchdown Arkansas State. Deflected into the hands of Feltz, Avery for three, hits, cover is safe, the Red Wolves have walked it off. Welcome to the Second to None Podcast, the A-State Podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. Now, here's a couple of guys who know the Red Wolves like no one else. Matt Stoltz and Brad Boba. Football about to start the final week of preseason camp. Also, volleyball season starting this week. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. You know what else starts this week? It's the regular season for A-State soccer. And we thought it'd be a great time to bring in the newest A-State assistant soccer coach. Also happens to be one of the most decorated players in a-State history, former Sunbelt Defensive Player of the Year, former Sunbelt Goalkeeper of the Year. It's Megan McClure. How are you, Megan? I'm good. How are you? You said the best goalkeeper in program history. That would have been a lot shorter. I should have yeah. just said that. You like that title? I do. I mean, tickles my ego a little, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. For those who don't know you, you, uh, you grew up in the St. Louis area, right? Yes, born and raised St. Louis. Tell us about your family. Oh, I have mom and dad at home and my older brother, Brian, and my younger sister, Kelly, both talented athletes as well. In what? Kelly is a lacrosse player at Quincy University, and Brian was a former collegiate volleyball player at Lawrence Technological University. What's your height? Six foot. Six foot. Okay. Now, I'm guessing just across the board with your family... You guys are pretty tall? Yeah, we have a good height spread across the board. Uh, Mom's about 5'10", dad's about 6'1", brother's about 6'2", and Kel is the shortest, (laughs) 5'8". So, (laughs) did you play basketball? I did up until high school. Yeah, I kind of focused on soccer and softball was my other one in high school. When did you decide that soccer was it for you? I didn't choose until actually pretty late in my high school career. I would say right around junior, senior year. That when you say choose, what do you mean? Choose that that's the one you wanted to pursue beyond high school or that that was when you did you drop to only play in that? What what do you mean by choose? Well, I feel like you get to a certain point as an athlete in high school that you need to really put your dedication and time into one sport in particular. If you want to go to college and get a scholarship and play that sport, it takes a big time commitment. So choosing that at some point in your high school career, I think, is the best thing. We talk a lot about just the importance of playing different sports while growing up. So you you had a a lot of different options. You mentioned softball. What position did you play there? Oh, third base and shortstop. (laughs) All right. So you played on the left side of the infield. You had to have a good arm to do that. Did you have that love for soccer growing up? Was that your favorite? I think it was always my favorite. It was something I excelled at as well. Um, I got put in the goalkeeper position pretty early, and that's something that is sometimes unique for the position. A lot of field players will transfer to to be that goalkeeper at some point in their career, but to be a goalkeeper from the get-go is not always common. I wanted to ask about that part because at some point when you're out there and it's just sort of organized chaos, there's not even a goalkeeper maybe when you're a little bitty. Yeah, herd ball. Yeah. So, you know, you look at like, let's say catcher. There's different reasons why a kid gets put behind the plate maybe they're just the toughest or they're just the slowest or this that and the other reason we can hear why a kid ends up 
catching but how does in your case a kid end up being a goalkeeper and just staying there I think it has something to do with the ability to just kind of let go and toss your body on the ground. <laughs> That's a, a unique skill set that some kids have when they're little and some don't. You know, some girls want nothing to do with getting dirty and and roughing it up. But some girls are athletic and I had a base in gymnastics. I think that's something that's really great for young athletes in general. It builds all your muscles and it makes you a well-rounded athlete in general. So I had that going into soccer when I was young and I think they saw that in me and wanted to toss me in the goal and see how it went. Is that one of the traits of a good goalkeeper? You just got to have total disregard for your own body your personal safety (laughs) yeah i mean i I bet you loved to slide playing softball too didn't you oh yeah not head first (laughs) like goalkeeping but i was good with the the tackle slide to the base you know like how do you get there mentally from the standpoint that in the older you get the harder they kicked it so these people are going to in a lot of cases haul off and kick this ball which is not especially soft as hard as they can and it's my job to get in front of it. I don't care if it's my arm, my leg, my face, whatever it is. I'm, that ball's not getting past me. How do you get to that mentality? You get to that mentality by you know, picking yourself up off the ground after getting hit a couple times. It's just something that you have to develop over time as a player. Um, it's one of the toughest things to teach, but it's also that natural instinct that you just have to let go and put your body in front of the ball for your team. Kind of going back to your high school career you were goalkeeper of the year in the state of missouri as a senior you posted shutouts in 21 of the 28 games that you played in so surely you had options right arkansas state wasn't the only school that came calling no it wasn't i did have options but getting that together with my art career you have to pick the right school for both so i do want to get back to the art here in just a minute but On the soccer side, what was appealing about Arkansas State? Because up until that point, look, we see the success now in recent years, but there really had been no history of success at Arkansas State, two winning seasons in 15 years up until then. So what was it that made you think you could come here and eventually win here? Just one answer for that really is just Coach Brian Dooley. He delivered a message to me as a incoming freshman and as a recruit that he wanted to turn this program around and turn it into something that we could all be proud of and experience success. And I loved that message and I loved being a building block on that that first team that really went out there and showed the world what Arkansas State had. Obviously, good recruiting, good identification of talent. But it worked very much to Arkansas State's advantage that we mentioned the, the best goalkeeper in the history of the program, you know, shows up and coincides with one of the best other players, one of the best scores, one of the best this, one of the best that other thing in the history of the program in Sarah Sedona. When you get two goats at the same time, it was you, a huge recruiting you can class. Get, you can get good pretty fast, can't you? Yeah. From that point forward, it was just all about getting fresh recruits, fresh legs, fresh faces on the field. He does a nice job finding players from soccer cities as well as unknown teams. He does a nice mixture as well as international recruiting. He's always looking to up the team. Before we walk away from there, because I want to mention clear back when you talked about growing up in the the St. Louis area, that's been a place that programs and and Coach Dooley certainly one of them that they go look for recruits. So it's been a youth soccer city, but now with MLS, I mean, 
St. Louis is trying to become just a full-on soccer city, isn't it? I think it's always been a soccer city, but yes, with the St. Louis city coming in and being our MLS team, it's huge. It's showing the world that it's not only the youth soccer that we're bringing in, but we can support a huge MLS team. I mean, I think they're first or second in our conference right now. They're doing really well. You mentioned that recruiting class in 2017, and you played a little bit in 2017 and 2018, but 2019, you were the primary goalkeeper, and that was really when the team broke out. That was the breakout year for the program and ended up going to the Sunbelt Conference Tournament Final for the very first time that year. What was it that season that kind of clicked and, and got things turned around? I think it was figuring out our lineup. It was a couple of recruiting classes deep at that point for Coach Dooley. So we had a lot of his players that he wanted on the field out there. And it was also giving my recruiting class specifically time to develop and work within the group that we had. We focused on defense and we worked hard at that and had a mentality that we were going to go all the way. The next season, 2020, another big step you win the first of back-to-back Sunbelt Conference regular season championships. To go from that point we were talking about where this program had really done nothing before Coach Dooley got here to winning back-to-back titles, I mean, I'm sure that's a major source of pride for you. You know, I told you earlier that was part of the reason I chose this program and wanted to work under Coach Dooley and work for this team was because that was the goal at the end of the day was to bring this program to something that we could all be proud of. And so not only myself, but I'm sure Coach Dooley and the rest of the team and my recruiting class was just very, very happy after that moment to see that we brought this team to something we could be proud of. Sure did. I mean, look, I'll raise my hand and say, here's one I was wrong about. Prior to Coach Dooley and players like Megan and Sarah and these other kids they played with, I was of the opinion soccer is a sport Arkansas State can't be good in because you're just going to have to go too far away to fill a roster. I mean, right? It's just you're almost never going to get a kid from inside kind of your 150-mile circle. It's just going to be awfully, awfully hard for Arkansas State to get good in soccer. You guys collectively proved that wrong. Yeah, you know, we have some girls that are willing to go hundreds of miles to to play for this team. We have uh, Tindra this year from Sweden and uh, Nico from Denmark. We have girls coming from all over the world to play for this team. So I guess sometimes the distance isn't a barrier for us, but we do recruit heavily from St. Louis and Oklahoma and Memphis, and we get the local girls as well. It's a good mixture. When we play today, we win something bigger than ribbons or trophies. We win our tomorrows. Wherever we play, wherever we fight, wherever we overcome odds, we're winning our way. Simmons Bank is committed to supporting women athletes in the communities we serve and are proud to be an official sponsor of A-State Women's Athletics. Not just for a season, but for a winning future. Seasons are short, but fierce is forever. Simmons Bank, member FDIC. Red Wolves fans, this is Coach Destiny Rogers, and I'm asking you to help our student athletes by donating to the Impact Club. This is an organization that highlights our commitment to teamwork while raising awareness and support for our local community programs. Make a monthly commitment and get access to team letters, special gear, and exclusive access that you won't find anywhere else. Find out more and give today at impactclub.com. That's impact spelled I-M-P-A-C-K-T club.com. Your support makes a real difference in the lives of our student athletes and in 
and the future of our sports program. Wolves up. We continue to visit with Megan McClure of the A-State soccer program and still talking about your days as a player, but you leave A-State after that 2021 season and you did spend some time as a professional soccer player. And you and I were talking about this off the air before we started recording here. Actually went to Albania and I know you were there for a couple of months. A crazy experience, right? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, my entry into the professional soccer career. And it was a beautiful and interesting country. The team was a high level group of girls. We played European Champions League, which was a dream <laughs> looking back on it. And I can take positives from anything. And it was a great experience. And I'm glad and I'm proud of myself for putting myself out there at the end of the day. Hang on, I can take positives from anything would lead one to believe there are stories to be told oh there are it is difficult not speaking the same language as the rest of the team that you're trying to play with so just barriers like that are sometimes hard to solve especially when you're so far from home what'd you eat actually it was a a nice mix of a mediterranean diet so i really enjoyed the food over there they didn't get me to eat any organ meat but any what (laughs) organ meat okay That's pretty common over there? Yeah, it is. It's on most menus, I'd say. What's the most popular organ? Probably heart. (laughs) Wow. Like heart of what? Like, if you're going to sit down, what are your heart options going to be? I didn't ask too many questions about the the organ. Cardio part of the menu. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I would probably limit my questions to. I I don't think I'd want to know. You ever had a heart? I I have not. No. Believe it or not, I have. What have you had? What kind of heart? heart? I actually had a chicken heart. What it tastes like? I don't remember. Like I'd chicken? Probably like chicken, yeah. <laughs> and it was at, at one of these you know, trips to Miami to play one of the FUs in something, either A or I, you know. Brian Boyer and I went to some uh, Brazilian barbecue. You like a Texas Day Brazil, but not a franchise, a local place. And mm-hmm. one of the things they brought around was chicken heart. So we each tried it. That's brave. That is brave. Which considering what you normally eat yeah it which was is not very diverse yeah, it was, that, yeah, it was pretty not shy. on brand <laughs> but albania is a pretty country oh it was gorgeous it was right next to greece on the adriatic sea or the mediterranean right in there so beautiful beaches i got to play some sand volleyball while i was there i will say my height helped me <laughs> i'm sure it did <laughs> yeah well, look, I know you're doing the coaching thing now, and we'll talk about that here in just a minute, but are your playing days done? Would you entertain the idea of coming back and, and playing somewhere? Absolutely. You know, for right now, I think that door is closed overseas, but I will always be open to an opportunity when it comes knocking. If I am given the opportunity to play for a team, I think I would look into it. When you left Albania, you didn't come straight to, to coaching. You were actually doing something else, right? Yeah, I was working at Kruger Pottery Studio in St. Louis. Like I said, I had that art from my degree, so I put that to good use up in St. Louis and got to spend a little time at home with my family and worked full-time there. Pottery? Yeah, pottery, like ceramics. Yeah. You see those those Instagram videos, the the people molding the pots. I did I did that kind of stuff. I always think of a I know. ghost. <laughs> She's probably, I was, Have you seen the movie Ghost? You know, I, I get that reference. Somebody, <laughs> And you act like you haven't seen it. You don't know what we're talking about here, but, but there's a famous scene in that movie. Yes, I. Where they're doing pottery. I still haven't seen the movie. You got to understand, like. Anybody who's ever seen that movie, Megan, that's really the scene they think about, the pottery scene. I'm just trying to look. When were you born? 
1999. See, I mean, the movie That's came out in early 90s, right? Okay. Came out in 1990. Just a little before my so time. So just, I mean, not to make you feel old, but she's gonna stream it tonight. Yeah, I do. I've that's not the first time I've gotten that reference and not gotten it. So you majored though in art, right? Yes, I was or- in art education up until my senior year, and then I switched into interdisciplinary studies and picked up a psychology aspect to that. Psychology. We could have, we could have a whole nother uh, art, interesting kind of offshoot soccer. conversation about Arkansas State's interdisciplinary studies program because I've had a chance to kind of hear about this on the parental side of things Mm -hmm. but it basically lets you build your own degree it really does it allowed me to use all of those art credits and art hours that I had already taken towards the art education degree and I like I said added that psychology so then if I wanted to continue my schooling I would go to another university and work on an art therapy degree or uh, counseling things like that All right, we're not done with art yet, but I do want to take a little detour because you're working at this pottery studio in St. Louis. You said you're you're there, what, six months? Yes, six months. You get a call from Brian Dooley. Yes, I do. When when did this happen? It was just on my lunch break one day and picked up the phone and coach is talking to me and says, uh, you know, how do you feel about coming down to A-State and being a coach? And I said, wow, that sounds that sounds fun. <laughs> let me let me take a little time to think about it. But, you know, just laid out the details to me and just took a couple days to mull it over and talk with my family about it and gave him a, a quick call back a couple days later and said, yep, I'd love to be down there. See you in July. Obviously, the pros outweighed the cons because you here you are. Yeah. So in that case, tell me about the cons. Like, tell me about the things you had to overcome to decide, I want to try coaching. You know, I I did love my my job in St. Louis. I did love the the pottery studio. And that's also home for me. That's where my family is. And that's where my my friends are. So it's leaving them and putting more focus on what's best for my career right now and what's best for the world around me. So it was a tough decision. Those are some some big cons. But the, the pros definitely outweighed that. And the pros are this team this team is a a wonderful group of girls and i'm so excited to be their coach and bring them through a big season this year let's talk about the team a little bit because uh did play a couple of exhibitions last week and defeated little rock and then northwest mississippi you open up the regular season coming up thursday at arkansas but just through the two exhibitions uh, what have you seen that's impressed you so far you know, we have a good group of girls, as I said, lots of talent on the field. I have the the unique pleasure of still having some of my old teammates on the team. And so I know how they play and I know what kind of players they are and what they're going to do for this team, as well as some new faces. So it's just kind of figuring out how this group is going to work together. So far from the goalkeepers, I've loved what I've seen. They are Damaris. Liv Luther, Taylor, and Allie are two freshman keepers coming in, and they've just been working so hard. Um, they got their their first little shutout against uh, Northwest Mississippi Community College the other day, so I was excited for them for that. All right, so here's a couple things you just touched on that I want to dive into a little bit. A lot of people would just not be comfortable being a, quote, coach of former teammates. Like, how has that dynamic gone so far? 
It's definitely been a learning curve and something that we have to adjust to on both both parts. So me adjusting to now taking a coaching role on the team as well as the girls now seeing me as their coach. So it's uh, a give and take from both parties. But I think we're starting to get comfortable with that relationship. I think it also gives me an advantage in some ways just having a relationship with some of the girls already. I think they feel comfortable coming to me and talking to me about things that need to be better on the team or better at practice or this is bumped or whatever. They feel comfortable talking to me about that. Also, I ask this a lot, regardless of the sport, regardless of the level. I always ask us of great players who go in the coaching. And you're, I mean, you were a pro. You're a great player. So have you struggled at all with the notion that there might be things you can do that maybe the players on the roster can't? I mean, do you get, has that, have you gotten frustrated by any of that yet in your young time as a coach? I think that you can only coach to the level that you are able to perform the task to. I think it is best if you have a skill set that's higher than the people that you are trying to teach because then you are able to develop their skill and hopefully make them better because you know what they're supposed to be doing and you can help them in that regard. I think I feel comfortable asking anything of my goalkeepers and I know they'll do their best to perform whatever I ask. And lastly, in those two exhibitions. That was very well said. It was. Really, Thanks. real well said. But you guys scored seven goals in those two matches. At the end point, you're thinking, hey, where was all this offense when I was back there? We, <laughs> we had to win one nil all the time. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. We have the years where the defense is super strong. And then I mean, we had Sarah, and she was our, our one top forward for a while. But it doesn't take long for teams to figure that out and start double marking them. So you have defensive years and you have offensive years. I would love to see a big offensive year from the Red Wolves. That'd be awesome because we've been very defensive minded, which is awesome for winning soccer games. But I would love to have a little bit more of a bumper there for the goals. <laughs> Good to have some insurance every now yes. and then. Mention the Regular season openers coming up Thursday. Team goes to Arkansas. We've seen this for a few years now. We've seen the soccer team do it, the baseball team do it, women's basketball has played Arkansas now the last couple of years. Of course, football's on the schedule in 2025. But I think once Arkansas changed their policy, the soccer team was the first to go over there and play Arkansas. So did you realize, being from Missouri, that that was kind of a big deal when, when you did that as a player? I don't know that I knew exactly how big of a deal that was. I had heard maybe from football that they didn't really play Arkansas, but I didn't know that that was across the board for sports. So hearing that now is, you know, pretty cool. Anything you guys are talking about this week? Or are you just getting ready for the regular season to open up? I think we have a style of play that we want to continue to instill throughout the, the season. But Arkansas is obviously a huge competitor for us. So we're doing things specifically for this game to prepare to play these these big athletic girls, this, this good soccer team. And later on, right, you guys, um, one of your other non-conference matches is you have Oklahoma State coming here. Yeah, we have a couple big ones, Kansas as well. So it's thinking about how we're going to perform in these big games, but then also take what we learn from that and put it in conference play. One thing we always talk about with soccer players, and we've seen it like with our field goal kickers over the years for the football team. You know, I know Blake Groupie was a soccer player. Dominic Zavada, who's our field goal kicker now, he's former soccer player. 
Did you ever think, I bet I could get out there and kick field goals? I used to do punt, pass, and kick as uh, a little youngin. So I did have a little really? bit. Yes. I did have a little bit of background in that. My sister was actually the better two of us. She went all the way to like the second to last round for punt, pass, and kick. She was super athletic, but funny you say like that. Like nationally? Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, she, she went all the way to, when we used to have the Rams in St. Louis, the Edward Jones Dome. She went all the way to the second to last round there. Very cool. Right before the national I did mention we'd get back to art one more time because I think this is really cool. And you and I were, were talking about this earlier. We know you have a love for art. That was a big reason you came to Arkansas State. But now you're back at your alma mater. Tell us what you're doing in the locker room right now. <laughs> well, I'm actually working on a mural in our locker room right now on our, our TV wall. So I've been working on that for a couple weeks now. Tell everybody... What's in it? Well, I went for kind of a forest scene. So we got the state tree of Arkansas, the pine tree on the right side, and it kind of works its way over to a little den of some red wolf pups on the left, and then the big red wolf above them um, howling at the moon. So nice little red wolf scene. That is. Maybe on to something here. Yeah, can't wait to see it. Yeah. We're Our marketing have. director, he, he may like whatever you come up with here we may want to use that oh yeah background for some photos whatever it is but i get copyrights (laughs) drives a hard deal yeah (laughs) she's trying to make good on all that nil stuff she missed out on as a player yeah no kidding (laughs) this has been fun absolutely we appreciate you coming in great to have you back at arkansas state and good luck this season thank you so much that's megan mcclure joining us here on the second to none podcast presented by simmons bank we've got more to come right after this the simmons bank card alerts app lets you get more from your simmons debit and credit cards set transaction alerts to be notified of certain card activity and choose how you receive each alert you can suspend your card set a spend limit or decline specific transaction types you can even manage multiple cards if your debit card is lost or stolen or you're opening a new account you can immediately get a new card just by visiting your nearby simmons branch learn more at simmonsbank.com forward slash debit card Simmons Bank, member FDIC. Red Wolf fans, this is Demario Davis, proud Red Wolf and linebacker for the New Orleans Saints. And I'm asking you to help out our current A-State student athletes by donating to the Impact Club. This organization helps our program stay competitive and supports our players by facilitating NIL agreements that allow them to endorse local charities, make a monthly commitment, and get access to team newsletters, special gear, and exclusive access you won't find anywhere else. Find out more and give today at Impact Club. Thank you, and Wolves up. Volleyball team in action this week. Got the Scarlet and Black scrimmage coming up Friday night at 6 o'clock. And then the very next afternoon, they're going to head over to Oxford to play an exhibition match against Ole Miss at 1 o'clock. When they get to conference play, it's, I mean, of course, you're never going to have a bus ride in between them, but you play Friday, Saturday in the, the Sun Belt, so it gets them acclimated to that and of course you know though those first four weekends beginning uh next weekend at home they'll play you know three matches in 24 hours or so so that, that's how those volleyball kids are used to rolling the soccer team of course we talked about it with megan the season opener coming up uh thursday night at arkansas and then the home opener is this coming weekend southern will be in town sunday at noon, so right after church, come on out, check yep. out the Red Wolves at in the, the home uh, A State Soccer Park. So that you're over there 
Uh, their field is sort of the infield of, at the outdoor uh, track facility. They have their clubhouse over there. You know, two buildings there. Track has their building. Then there's a clubhouse for that soccer and, and tennis share. Each have a, a locker room in. So free to come out and watch. To check it out. Turn right at the uh, the bottom of the Marionberry overpass and wind your way into there and come watch the Red Wolves. Football going into the final week of preseason camp. Season now less than three weeks away. The A-State kickoff party, which is a new title this year for this big event coming up Friday night. Looking forward to this. What we're doing is combining the old Helmets and Heels event with the preseason banquet we've always had. So kind of two events in one, and that will be... uh, at the football complex and the program itself will be inside the student activity center the indoor facility should be a good one like you said i mean really those uh the helmet and hills components are still there uh, there's you know area shops and boutiques that are going to be set up at different points inside the facility and you get to check those out plus the the offensive and defensive coaching staffs are going to do some chalk talk some x's mm-hmm. and o's stuff in there too before everybody heads in to the facility you know, word on the streets, Miss Arkansas is going to be roaming around. So. All right. Good to see Corey. Hadn't seen, well, you've seen her since she won the crown. We did have her on the podcast right after she won Miss Arkansas. So we'll have uh, several of the students on stage as part of a player panel during the event. Looking forward to that. And uh, I remember last year at, at this event, that was when – Coach Jones got on stage and gave Dominic Zavada his scholarship. Yeah, and we've talked about that when Dominic was on the podcast. So that was a probably the the biggest memory coming out of that event last year was yeah. the, that scene there. People really enjoyed it, and I'm being one of them. So who knows what happens this time. Here in the last few weeks, we mentioned Blake Groupie being with Demario Davis and Kirk Merritt at New Orleans Saints camp, and uh, I think – most of our fans probably saw this over the weekend. Neat moment seeing Blake hit the game winner with no time left for the Saints. The picture, look, obviously, I'm I'm like you and the rest of everybody out there. I, I hope he's the Saints kicker and starts a 15-year career in the NFL. But even that never happened, and he never kicked again. The photo he'll have coming out of that, and like saw on social media, you cannot – beat it they i'm sure his parents are working on how big a copy of it they can get framed right now with just them lifting him up and the you know the ribbon boards behind him say saints win i mean it's it looks like they won the super bowl you don't have to say it was a preseason game don't don't try it uh it's a phenomenal photo and can't wait to see uh, how many more times he gets lifted up above the crowd hopefully many more One thing I want to talk about, and this is something you've worked extremely hard on, is just the promotions Mm -hmm. for the upcoming football season. And I was glad to see one that uh, I know has been up on your dry erase board for a long time. An idea I guess you've had for a long time that you wanted to bring in was a bobblehead night. Yep. So really kind of borrowed from... Uh, overall a lot of you know pro sports or especially like a minor league baseball type mentality here where you know promotions are a big deal and that set out wanting to have one every game and red wolf sports properties honestly help facilitate this and getting some of their partners on board to help make it a reality that at all six home games there is a promotional item attached to it and um 
and I know there's one or two that will get the bulk of the conversation, and that's okay. And we can talk about those here too. But I'm excited that uh, there's something to be had every night. Starting with uh, you know St. Bernard's, the game sponsor at Memphis, mm-hmm. doing a, a schedule koozies, a St. Bernard's Red Bulls koozie with the schedule on. I've seen it. plenty of koozies, but I like the idea of a schedule koozie. That's for uh, first thousand in the gates on opening night. We'll get one of those, and then Coke is the sponsor of the next week of Stony Brook, and they've worked with us. They've produced. 1,000 of the uh, Coke bottles with the 50 seasons of Centennial Bank Stadium logo on it. Love it. Uh, matter of fact, as we sit here today recording this, supposed to get those delivered today, this afternoon, to have those in hand. So that'll be uh, the Stony Brook game. Southern Miss Greenway Equipment's the sponsor there, and they've worked uh, with their folks. They're producing 1,000 caps that have a Greenway and a Red Wolves logo both on it. Okay. Uh, that'll be uh, Southern Miss. Then uh, Home for Homecoming. That's one set aside to uh, have a, a poster produced, a 50-season celebration poster. It has uh, the original stadium up beside a current photo, cl- kind of a collectible piece there. And then, you know, November rolls around, and these are uh, a couple of good ones. Not that they all aren't, but uh, in November, you know, on November 4th, and this is really kind of borrowing from sort of a, a pro sports model here, in that uh, our giveaway item for the November 4th game against the Cajuns, it's attached to a theme ticket. So you can be able to go online and buy a ticket to the game that has with it the ability then to, for a voucher for you to get a, a stadium replica that we're having produced. Oh, wow. And I uh, saw some the probably the last go-round of photos on that this morning before we came up here, and it, it's should be ready to to go in the molds are in production kind of the way it's getting painted up we're getting made the last changes to that and it's going to be really really neat and we'll have details about kind of how to go about buying the ticket that has that with it limited number of those season ticket holders are going to have kind of their own way to to make sure i mean we're not sure we're trying to cut out the season ticket holders we appreciate those <laughs> folks who bought their tickets to all six games uh-huh so they can get their hands on one of those too and then uh November 18th is when we'll yeah do the DeMario Davis bobblehead. And I'll just say this. Note the release. Note the graphic. Doesn't necessarily say the first 1,000 people are getting DeMario Davis bobbleheads. It says 1,000 people are getting DeMario Davis bobbleheads. And we'll have more details about how to be one of those 1,000 as it gets a little closer. Okay. I guess with giveaways, whether they be professional or college sports, uh, most of the time when you see a thousand fans you're thinking the first but that's not the case here not necessarily and like i said with the first four with the koozie and the coke bottles and the caps and the and the poster the stadium poster those will be those get days that'll be first 1000 but in november it's different like i said the stadium replicas in with a theme ticket and then we'll have more details on how to be sure you're getting one of those demario bobbleheads a little bit closer to time Anything else we need to discuss? So, yeah, <laughs> just and <laughs> I want to. You seemed a little hesitant. Well, on I, I just want to choose my words carefully here. But by the time, look, if you listen to this podcast, especially if you're listening to this podcast and you've made it to this point in it, I'm going to trust you love Arkansas State. And with that being said, I mean, I just want to talk in real terms, probably more more real terms than. Anybody in my position gets to talk to a part of their fan base in that 
There's a lot of chatter, a lot of conversation out there these days about you know this, that, and the other thing. Uh, Seems like tailgating's become a big topic of conversation again. And I think it's the second year in a row, even though I wasn't there necessarily on staff when it happened last year, but even this year. But there's, I think there's some misinformation out there. Mm-hmm. We'll have information coming out, kind of with some some new twist on tailgating coming out here soon. But it doesn't matter if we're talking tailgating. We're talking promotions, talking sing-alongs, what contests you do on the field, what music you play. None of that matters without people in the stands, period. Nothing is going to seem like a good idea in an empty stadium. I've looked at some, for like some speaking gigs I did earlier, I mean months ago. The average announced attendance in the decade of the 2010s, from like 2010 to 2019, the average announced attendance for that entire decade was over 22,000. And we won 75% of our home games. You could say, and people are not wrong to say, well, the crowds are big because you won. And there's certainly, look, nothing is going to help that more than winning. But what I hope people understand is there is a chicken or the egg component to this. If the crowd's big, your odds of winning go up. Just like if you're winning, the odds of the crowd being bigger go up. You can get to the other from one no matter which one you go to first. Mm-hmm. And and I don't care what team you're pulling for at what level of the sport. If you're, as a fan center, saying, well, I'm going to show back up when they get good, then you've just guaranteed that that wait's going to be longer. So what I hope we can embrace is a notion that we all, and certainly, I mean, I have a, 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 an impact on this too in my position, but we all play a role in making winning more likely takes everyone it does to be involved to be all in it it does i mean and the way that stadium is built the way it was literally dug in a big hole in the ground i mean i've spent a lot of saturdays on the sidelines there right it it can get pretty loud pretty fast It, it makes me think of that stadium contest we we had and how much fun we had looking back on those games but almost all of those games that it came down to had incredible crowds on those nights and the one that won and i know you put something out uh, about this and made mention of the fact that the number one game just happens to be the most attended game in school history you go back and look at when that field of 16 games was announced you didn't really read a state wins on a touchdown in the final minute in front of 6412 no, I don't, I don't remember that. The one that, that won. That, so now what, what our fans have voted as the best game in the history of the stadium, as you said, was played in front of the biggest crowd in the history of the stadium. The final four, the average crowd was over 27,000 for the four games that made the semifinals. Those two things are tied to one another. You know, where I said we, we averaged 22 plus in that decade, I don't know that there's been a single crowd at that number since. And so... My goal, I mean, obviously, don't want it full every night, yes, but internally I'll let you guys in on a little secret. What I'd just love to see is three crowds in September that are larger than the average crowd in the 2010s. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, it would be. I mean, obviously, everybody's going to stand up and say, we need it full every night, and yeah, that'd be great. But internally, I'll just tell you, if we, if I thought three times in September we could beat the average crowd for the 2010s, I would think we were off to a heck of a start. And by the way, I think it would impact what our record could be in that stretch. We've had some great crowds against Memphis, too. Be yeah. fun to get off to a big crowd and a big start at home. Yeah. That's coming up September 9th. Be here before you know it. Sure will. 
That's going to do it for us. Really enjoyed our visit with Megan McClure. Appreciate her coming in. Thanks to Mark Taylor for setting that up for us. For Brad, I'm Matt. Have a great week, everybody.